literally thought the Lord was going to launch me out into the nation, and I would be backpacking. I'd be in different countries like every other week. Um, but here I am, you know, and it all started. Um, no, it didn't start at all. Uh, I first started hearing the voice of the Lord when I was in high school. I wasn't raised in a Christian home, so I wasn't allowed to go to church. I wasn't allowed, like, literally, my parents forbade me. Um, and I had to sneak out when I finally had a writer's license. I was going to church, and my parents never knew. And when I was in my senior year of high school, that's when I started going to church. Um, and I felt like I was called to the sheep there. There was a trip to Mexico that Christmas. Christmas was my senior year, but it was a trip. And I had to really bribe my sister into helping me get on that trip. Because who sends their 17-year-old daughter to Mexico, you know, over Christmas break? Well, my parents did. So, and so what ended up happening for me is that I got out of my comfort zone. I got out of completely being in a place where I felt so secure and so sheltered. And I saw the poverty of all the people that were in Mexico, literally five or six family members living in a room the size of our bathroom. And the room's made of cardboard boxes and metal sheets. And, and I just remember how the Lord spoke to my heart.
be left out in the middle of what it was going to take to get here. And I, I don't know if you would have told me the middle part if I was <laughs> You know? Um, I think I would have. But tonight I just wanted to talk about Jesus, you know, and that's kind of my backstory of how I even came to God's just in my life. Um, you know, when Jesus came on the scene with the disciples, he was just a rabbi. He walked past, I, I reread the Gospels, and I was like, what did he really do? He didn't say, hey, I'm really cool, you can follow me. He was just a rabbi walking along, and then he said, follow me. And the disciples were like, okay. <laughs> and then they just followed him. They didn't know that he was the Son of God yet. You know, I think that even when Peter said, well, you're the Son of God, I, I think that he shocked himself, honestly. Um, I'm going to take you guys to Luke 10 and Matthew. You don't have to flip through it. I'm not going to flip through it. I wrote it all down. But Matthew and Matthew 10, Jesus sends the disciples out saying, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, and now freely give. Now these are things that they, they were basically with him for maybe months, maybe a year. Matthew didn't know exactly the amount of time. Um, but they had barely been with him. They didn't go through a whole bunch of training before they started doing these things. They were doing these things on the onset. All 12 of the disciples, the betrayer included, were healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, and casting out devils. You know, they, they were doing all of these things, and Jesus said to us and them, Greater things than these shall you do. More than he did, you can do. You know? Um, Mark 9 23, Jesus said, If you can believe, all things are possible for him who believes. Signs and wonders are going to most of what to disconnect. Faith. But believe. Now, Mark 11, 22 to 24, I'm going to read this. It says, Before I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into sea, is not God in heart. Those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever you ask when you pray, believe you receive it, and you will have it. That's pretty intense, I think. Whatever you have, believe. Now, what is it you want? I think that's one of the questions I have for tonight. What is it that you want? Now, I believe the day is going to come when literally we, we might be able to walk into a room that's dark and not know where the light switch is. Lights, turn on. And we're going to see it. And so I really believe that day is coming. And when Jesus was on the cross, he told us, love letters, all of it is going to come to an end. No, Jesus, the Son of God, fully God, fully man, came to the earth. He chose to live as a man. He had all the deity of God. He had all the ability to do everything that God, that God would do. But he lived fully a man on the earth to show us that we could do everything that he did. We didn't tap into his godness, you know, and live out of that place. And so we're like, oh, but you're Jesus. I can't do that because you, you know. But we can actually do everything that he did because he said so. He did it as a man. And 
made these declarations over us. He made these claims about himself. He made these claims about us. He gave us power, authority, dominion over every principality, over every power, over every ruler of the dark age, over all manner of Thank <laughs> you. 
again, it's true, the kind of confession. And so um, I waited and waited, and I was like, oh, man, she comes out and the paper So, ministry time came and went, and thank God, Heather did not come up. Thank you, Jesus. And then I was sitting there talking in the back with somebody, and sweet Sarah over here, God, she's doing a great job going on here. She brought Heather up and said, um, hey, she needs healing. And I think that you can heal her. And I was like, oh, 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 and so I sat there, I was like, well, there's black. That's what I tell myself. And there's days when I don't feel like it, you know, and I'm like, I'm born, a son, I can do this, my hair is black, I can do this. And so I was like, my hair is black, I can do this. <laughs> so she came and I had her sit down and I laid hands on her. Please, that's what I say to myself. I can say it, but I can talk about because my hair is black. <laughs> I was born this way. I can't change it. I was born this way. Shut it now. Awesome. <laughs> wow. That was a lot of work for the front row here. <laughs> the rest of you got it, right? Um, <laughs> born a son. Born a son. Can't take it away. Um, so she came up and I was sit down and I started you know, praying normal things over here that I would. Everybody had to know blah, 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 blah. Down for a leg. You have to come through. You healed everybody who came to you. You have to heal her. You want to be really bad. And so I just kept praying. I was like, really, Lord. And I had compassion for me. I'm not just stupid. Why am I doing this? This young girl. She's got no pain, so she's baby, just a little bit more safe. Um, and so then I had her take off her brace and she stood on her leg and it was okay. So that night she walked out without her So see, on a really bad day with very little faith, you too can heal a broken leg. Or can't, one that was in pain. So anyway, um, Trials of vanity. <laughs> um, so tonight, what I really wanted to say is Jesus will live inside of you, and the kingdom is within us. And this straight out of the Bible. You know, it's going to get crazier out of it out there. There are demonized people who are taking out the lives of innocent people. There are new strands of disease that are coming forth because of lawlessness.
It's a privilege for us to be in this place right now. The Lord is looking for those people who are going to actually read these words and believe them. But I can do what it says I can do. Jesus already did his part. I think there are days when we're sitting there and we're like, are you going to come through because this person really needs you? And he's like, I don't really know. You know? He's called us to partner together with him to see and affect change here on the earth, to transform society. I think I need some sound back there. <laughs> I was reading um, some of my old journals yesterday just to kind of get inspiration for things to say because I agreed. I had a book of on Monday for this, and then yesterday I was like, missing a stinking thing. 
Not one. Everything that you need when you walk out this room tonight and even as you're sitting here, everything that you need for everything God is ever going to call you to do, you already have inside of you. Do you believe that? when we made it, like, awful. <laughs> but it's been, it was supposed to be good news all along. You know? We arrive in these moments of testing and trial, questions of doubt, delay, and we sometimes feel that we're going to fall apart. It's true, honest. God, He makes provision for everything. And He's a portion to us sitting with her, um, I 
he sees listening to everything that she was saying. She's like, oh, I have to do this. And I need to, I guess I need to be better. And I would tell her, you're a son. You know, the earth has to produce for some. If you're seeing that there are all these negative things happening around you, then maybe it's a mindset. You know, because even science and psychology would say to you, if, you, if you're constantly thinking the world is out to get me, I'm so unlucky, and guess what? The world is going to be out to get you, and you are so unlucky. Self-fulfilling prophecy. What you believe, you become. It's biblical. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You know, so I was sitting there, and once I told her, you're a son, you're worthy. She's like, I'm like, yeah, that's it. I'm right here, you love me. And then I, as we continued to talk, she's like, I just need to get more food. I guess I'll need to. And then I, all I heard was, have to do anything to try to gain more faith or whatever, build it up in your heart. Because the thing is, the Lord has a portion to you, the measure of faith that you need. All the grace, all the faith you need for everything you ever do is already there. For me. And I feel like we've done such a disservice to the body which works and performance, and it's largely because of fear, lack of understanding. Because unleashing a bunch of really powerful, immature people is a little scary. <laughs> you know, just call it follow spirit and do whatever you feel like doing. Sometimes it's a little overwhelming, you know, to somebody who likes everything for so. You know, what if they fail and hurt other people and give the gospel bad news? I know you've all thought that. ability men to restore, to train, and to discipline is bigger than any individual's ability to ruin God's plan. You're just not that big. But you are great. And you are another way big. Now, when I moved to Dallas, all I would do was tell them people, they would ask me, well, what are you going to do with your life? And at that point, I was a traveling nomad. You know, people were observing, talking to blow me. Whether they are good or they are bad, whether it's because you've been wounded and hurt all your life, and people have always dealt you a bad card, you've always gotten the short end of the stick, does not mean it's always going to happen or that it'll happen forever or tomorrow. Just because you've had one great encounter with God does not mean you have all the answers that everybody should perceive just the way that you do. Okay? <laughs> just wanted to get it straight. I'm different, you're different. Just like the sands by the beach, just like snowflakes in the sky, there's not going to be, you know, one day other than Jesus. You can't fix yourself. The self-help industry has made so much money off of people. Guaranteeing if you read this book and you do these 10 things, you're going to see all this improvement. 
church has said, if you do these ten things, then you can get holy. Five ways to excellence, folks, right here. It's just not true. Jesus himself is going to come and fix you. In the places that you need fixing, quite frankly, I think he likes most of you. Most of you. Not some of you, but not, not some of you. Most of you, almost every part of you is very likable. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ecclesiastes 3 says that to everything there is a season and to everything there is a time. And so I believe that it's, saying, it's the same for um, deliverance, it's the same for revolution, it's the same for all of that. You don't have to sit here and try to dissect your way through your own heart and your own emotions and try to figure out why you responded wrong then. Don't. You're wasting your time when all you can do is just receive the love of God and then that love of God transforms you. Now, I'm not dismissing sin. I want to make that really clear. Um, the Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So if you have a history of alcoholism, one and two drinks, five and six and seven and crazy, then don't do the one or two. Stay out of the bars, you know what I'm saying? So resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Just be entertaining him and playing around and he's going to stick around. He loves you. And then the last thing um, is agreement. Are you agreeing with the enemy? Put on our, 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 you know what I'm saying? 
Sometimes we're the biggest critics, and sometimes we're the ones who beat ourselves up the most. We don't need the devil most of the time. So in closing, um, something that Bill Johnson said that I really love is that if you really knew who you are, you wouldn't be here. If you really knew who you are, you wouldn't want to be here. I'm tired of seeing the body of Christ pressed and downcast, feeling like you can't get out of the rut that you're in. Now, in some of it, honestly, if you're saying yes to some of the conflict and some of the turmoil in your own soul is the Lord reminding you, don't dismiss that. Some of you, you're just going to get heavy again. Now, when are we going to break that cycle? What we can or cannot do is determined by what we believe or what we don't believe.
Thank you. 